The Jets made it a lot harder for the Steelers to make the playoffs, and they made their season look a lot better than their 1-7 first half. But they got one game left to keep it going, and we're talking about it on the Brandon Contest Jets podcast right now. Contest. I am a Contest. You better like me. I'm from Patchogue. All righty, nice job, as always, with the free music YouTube. You're listening to the Brandon Contest Jets podcast on SB Nation, episode 25 of my first ever sports podcast, where we keep it simple, we keep it short, never more than 20 minutes. If I have more to say, just put it in another podcast. It was a nice win against the Steelers on Sunday. I still think their most impressive win of the season came against Dallas. At the time, we thought the Cowboys were still pretty good. It was Darnold's first game back from mononucleosis. It was a game that offered a lot of hope. At 1-3 and three after beating the Cowboys, and as good as Darnold looked in that game, maybe his best game of his career as a New York Jet, there was reason to believe that the season was not lost. There was reason to believe that maybe the playoffs were still attainable. That maybe even beating the New England Patriots in the upcoming week was attainable. Obviously, four straight losses later, and the Jets then looked like one of the worst teams in the league. But luckily, the second half of the season presents some optimism once again. And 5-2 and two in their last seven a chance to finish up 6-2 and two on the year. Beating the Steelers was probably their second best win of the season. I think if we rank them, the wins, I think if we rank the wins, I'd say Cowboys 1, Steelers 2, Raiders 3. But while it's fun for a week, while it's a step in the right direction beating a team like Pittsburgh, there are still so many frustrations with this team. And the biggest being that at 6-9, and nine, and this is nothing that you could go back and change, but there are games that could have gone the other way. The Bills in Week 1 could have gone the other way. The Dolphins, losing to the 0-7 Dolphins, losing to the 0-11 Bengals. History. Making history in those games by being the first team to lose to two defeated teams, 0-7 or worse. That never happened in the NFL before, and the Jets did it this year. If a couple of those games were different, maybe the Jets are 8-7 right now. Maybe the Jets are playing for the playoffs in Week 17, something that they have not done since 2015. And here's what really bothers me about this Jets offense. Well, there's a lot of things that bother me with the offense. And and a lot of those things have to do with the head coach. And I guess this does as well. But again, the Jets get off to a hot start in this game. And if if I'm grading Sam Darnold, I'd give him a C for the game. A lot of that has to do with the offensive line struggles, no question about it. But Darnold was certainly not perfect in this game. It was a mediocre game at best from the Jets quarterback. But he gets an A for the first drive, and I think that's something that we've said so many times throughout this season. The team got an A for the first drive. They came out firing. They drove the field, and they get on the board in in the first six minutes of the game. 11 plays, 75 yards, four minutes, capped off by a 23-yard touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson. Perfect pass, perfect catch, perfect drive. But how do they keep that going? Why is it more consistent of the New York Jets to score early look great early, and then look like a stagnant offense the rest of the game. How do they get more pass plays like that, that pass play to Robbie Anderson, that 23-yarder from Darnold to Anderson in the end zone? And it was a great catch by Robbie, no doubt. And I think there will be a lot of chatter demanding the Jets need to re-sign him. He's, he's turned into a nice player. I don't think that's a catch that he makes in his first or second year with the Jets, I think that's something that he's developed into that type of wide receiver, which is nice to see. He's had a nice career as a Jet. He's had a nice season. Although he only had one other catch on Sunday after the earlier touchdown, he's also he's also apparently he's, uh, he's a little bit weird, all right? He's a weird kid, that Robbie, okay? Man, it was a bit, it was a tough case, but it's so crazy because it's like 
I seen the coverage and I knew I was going. I knew he was going to throw. I knew I was going to score before it happened. Like I like it was like I was psychic or something. I'm I'm all for that type of stuff though. I, I like quirky, especially in professional athletes. I think that's great. That's a great addition to your locker room. And I think it's really nice to have a guy that you watch develop. And I think he could help the Jets going forward. I think he could help Sam Darnold going forward. But I'm done paying running backs and wide receivers. I, I want to pay for the positions that are hard to find. I want to pay for the positions that help build long-term success within an organization. If we need an offensive lineman, I'll pay for an offensive lineman. If we need to pay a cornerback, I'll pay a cornerback. But I'm not paying wide receivers. I'm not paying guys that you could find in the draft that you should be able to find in the draft every single year and consistently be able to develop. Now, the Jets have not been able to do that, but it's a new regime with Joe Douglas, and you hope that they do a better job of that under Joe Douglas than they did with Mike McCagnan, than they did with John Idzik, than they did even with Mike Tannenbaum. But just because they've struggled with it historically doesn't mean that the Jets should stray from striving to do what the good organizations do. The other thing that I hated Sunday was up 16-10 in the fourth quarter with a couple minutes to go and a chance to close out the game. The Jets run the ball with Le'Veon Bell three times right up the gut, right into the Steelers' defense. They did exactly what the Steelers expected, simply to force them to use their timeouts. And I get it if there's less than a minute to go. I get it if the Steelers are going to be getting the ball back with 15, 20 seconds and you want them to have no timeouts left, then fine. But you're giving them the ball with a minute and 27 left. That's plenty of time. The Steelers don't need timeouts when they have 90 seconds left on the clock. And especially when a field goal is off the table. They don't need to call a timeout to run their kicking team out there. They needed a touchdown. So why not try to get a first down and end the game right there? Why hand the ball right back to Pittsburgh? Why not put the ball in the hands of your developing quarterback in a playoff type of atmosphere, a road playoff type atmosphere nonetheless, because as we expected, it was mostly Steelers fans at MedLife. But I hated that by Gase. It's such a predictable move, and it's a move that we saw Todd Bowles get burned with many times. It's a move that we saw the Steelers do the complete opposite of in 2011 when they were up 24-19 in the AFC Championship game, and they never gave the ball back to Mark Sanchez and the Jets' surging offense in that game. They kept the ball in their hands. They got the necessary first downs. They did not play to take away timeouts the way the Jets did on Sunday. And had it not been for an incredible play by Marcus May on James Washington in the end zone as time was running out, Gase's game plan failed and the Jets lose. But luckily, thankfully, Marcus May has been great of late. And if I'm the Jets, I give him an extension. I worry more about retaining May in the future than I do Robbie Anderson. And look, Le'Veon Bell may be had his best game of the season with the Jets on Sunday trying to get revenge on the Steelers, but you put him in an impossible situation when the Steelers know that he's running it right up the middle and he just slams right into the defense three consecutive times. I was happy for Bell getting a little bit of revenge on the Steelers, 93 yards from scrimmage, still a far cry from the running back that he was when he was in Pittsburgh, but he played decently. The Jets won. I was confused by the Heinz Ward situation asking for and getting the Gatorade shower. I, I knew Ward was I knew Ward was in training camp with the Jets. I didn't realize that he became a full time coach at some point with a headset standing on the sideline, and I apologize if I'm alone on that, but I just I had not heard of Heinz Ward being part of the Jets since training camp, since the offseason. But an offensive assistant getting Gatorade dumped on him because they beat his former team? I mean, if you're, if you're the head coach, I get it. If you're a big-time player, I get it. If you're a coordinator, okay. But an offensive assistant and asking for it, it seemed, just seemed a little bit odd. 
So do the Jets dump Gatorade on Greg Williams on their defensive coordinator this week if they win up in Buffalo? Because he, he was their head coach from 2001 to 2003. He's arguably the best coach on the Jets staff right now. And I, I mentioned this last week. I'm going to mention it again. Let this game against the Bills. Let this game up in Buffalo. Honestly, let the Bills playing on the first weekend in January be a reminder of what the Jets should be by now. And why it's important to be getting wins at this stage and not just be worrying about moving up a couple of spots in the draft. Because it, it was not that long ago that the Jets and the Bills were on the same level. And yet, here we are, Week 17, the, the Bills are on their way to the playoffs, winning double-digit games, their most wins in two decades. And it just it goes to show you that landing the right coach, landing the right general manager, those things are just as important as finding the right quarterback. Because we don't know what Josh Allen is yet. And I mentioned this last week, he has potential. But he's very similar in terms of development to what Sam Darnold is. He's not light years ahead of Sam Darnold. But the Bills are light years ahead of the New York Jets. You get a good coach. You get a good GM. You focus on the right positions. And you watch the team flourish. And I'm tired of seeing these headlines, these comments, or or even these complaints about winning, moving the Jets down in the draft order. Because what, what does picking early get you? What does it guarantee you? Was Baker Mayfield the best quarterback from the 2018 draft? Lamar Jackson's about to win the MVP after leading the Ravens to the top seed in the AFC, their best record in franchise history. Did picking at the top of the draft, did it help the Jets when they took the can't-miss defensive players, Leonard Williams or Quinnen Williams? Quinnen Williams, who actually had a decent game against the Steelers. Maybe that's a sign of things to come. But the Jets need wins. The Jets need to show that they have a quarterback. The Jets need to show that they have development, that they're improving, that they have some sort of direction, some sort of track that they're on, some sort of plan to get to the playoffs, to get to where the Bills are right now. The Bills and the Jets were on the same plane. The Bills took off and the Jets stayed stagnant. You can't be rooting for continued losing at this point. The Jets have done enough losing. They're a losing franchise. The way to break that is by winning, not by more losing. Not by continued losing. So I I don't know if Greg Williams is going to get a Gatorade bath. But I do think the Jets need to keep Greg Williams going forward. I also think the Jets need a big-time offensive line coach. And if you look at Washington, Bill Callahan is not going to be the Redskins head coach next year. He will not be on their coaching staff. When the Redskins make a new hire, likely a big splash if they could throw enough money at somebody. But that person is going to have their own staff. They're going to hire their own staff, and Bill Callahan's going to be free agent. If I'm the Jets, I look for a reunion with Callahan. You look up in New England, Dante Skarniecki is one of the most important parts of the Patriots' success in the last two decades. Aside for 2013 through 2016, Skarniecki has been in New England since 1991, and a lot of it working with the offensive line, most of it working with the offensive line, that's what he's known for. And that's the one thing that the Patriots are always good at is plugging holes. They don't pay offensive linemen. They let them go. But they always protect who is the least mobile quarterback in the NFL. And they're able to do a decent job at it every single year. Bill Callahan's strong suit is the offensive line also. And the Jets had one of the league's top offensive lines for a few years when Callahan was there from 08 to 2011. I believe it was right around there. I don't know if it ended poorly or what. uh, But if he is willing they should try to get him back. And will it completely fix the offensive line? No. They still need players. They need talent. They need some sort of stability. But Callahan could represent that stabilizing presence. And he's done a solid job with the Redskins. Their offensive line, especially losing Trent Williams, it's it's not their weak part. 
You look at Eric Flowers, who looked like he was playing himself out of the league a couple of years ago with the Giants, is now potentially going to land a multi-year contract with the Redskins after they moved him to guard. So You can't build an offensive line in one offseason. It's an impossible task to ask of Joe Douglas. But getting the right offensive line coach could prove to be one of the bigger acquisitions and the best way to help protect Darnold and build around Darnold and protect him consistently. So I have no idea if there's mutual interest, but when Callahan gets let go by the Redskins next Monday, which will happen, Douglas and Adam Gase should be on the phone trying to get him here to New York. Thanks for listening to the Brandon Cotton's Jets podcast. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. Be happy. Be healthy. Be kind. Stay tuned for more episodes. And as always, be good.